0: Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. St. Patrick, pray for us. Hey, how's it going? Brother Kelly here with Spirit and Swagger. If you haven't yet, please go back and listen to the previous few episodes. Most of them are under 10 minutes, and give a good sense for what the idea here is. And do please subscribe and share on whatever podcast platform you use. That fine, fat man, G.K. Chesterton, wrote his very popular book, Orthodoxy, as an answer to a critique of one of his earlier books, Heretics. You have told us what you think is wrong, they said to him. You have torn down what you did not like. But if you were to declare what is not good, then you ought to say what is good. And so he did, and wrote a new book about it. I critique myself in the same way. The last episode, Fast Cars and Ugly Churches, was mostly a complaint, if I'm honest. Sorry about that. So next, that is, now... I will do my duty to at least try to offer a positive answer. This positive answer can be found in two places to to start out with. And both of those places are rodeo arenas. In a certain clip from a certain movie, you can see one Mr. Johnny Knoxville giving a thumbs up while being loaded into an ambulance in a neck brace, while his closest friends, who moments prior were silent with fear, Now call out, we love you, Captain. If you know who this Mr. Knoxville is, it will not surprise you to know that the fear of his death and the cause of the lesser fate of an ambulance ride was that he was in a rodeo arena with a running bull in the mood to flip people up in the air with his horns. What is remarkable is that this man, whom most would consider quite insane, is both respected and loved. Despite his blatant and calculated plans to inflict pain and humiliation upon his friends for the enjoyment of others by practical measure this entertainment they make should be counted madness and never be imitated never be imitated but somehow through frequent sharing of personal injury and humiliation they have astoundingly a actually gotten sober and healthy together and even more enviously have formed a brotherhood and camaraderie of which all but the most deeply connected friends are jealous. At the Swasu College rodeo this weekend, I saw bronco riding, steer wrestling, and goat roping. I couldn't say it, I couldn't stay for it this year, but last year I saw bull riding too. Honestly, mesmerizing for its energy and its power. In the stands are lots of college students and families, maybe some of you listening but in and around the arena itself, are the real adventurers. The cowgirls and cowboys in their hats, vests, boots, and jeans, side by side, wrangling, wrestling, and riding big, dangerous animals of all sorts. I won't lie, I wish I could be part of it, both the fun and the sense of community that they surely have among the that rodeo group. In the latest round of Road and Track magazine, There is a story on a rock-crawling and desert racing event in the Johnson Valley of California where 60,000 people gather for a festival of machine versus nature. Men and women in tube frame chassis beasts with 600-horsepower V8 engines race among boulders or scale over them. Lights and engines and crashes, surrounded by a chaos of partying, feasting, and socializing. Am I planning on opening the cause for canonization when Mr. Knoxville dies? No. Do I think everyone at the rodeo is just the best of friends and that everyone was perfectly gentlemanly and ladylike when they went to J.C. Cowboys later that night? Of course not. Do I think any of those 60,000 people smelling of beer, desert dust, and gasoline made it to confession in mass on Sunday morning after the festival? I do not think that. However, we shouldn't be too pious so as to overlook the deeper significance and opportunity here. The great G.K. Chesterton would point us away from the smug, self-important philosophers and towards the imagination and adventure of the common man to understand what life and faith are really about. You know that, you know that adventure and excitement with your friends is a good thing. We all know that. Maybe you don't want to do jackass stunts, ride a bowl, or rock crawl through the desert, but we all have those things we want to share with others, even if it's just a game of disc golf or a beach vacation. Here's the crazy thing, though, the thing that Chesterton was always trying to get get at with his paradoxes. The deep and meaningful things of a life of faith are not high and lofty theology, but at root, deeply human and natural things. Holy Week is the supreme example. The directions for Palm Sunday note that a brief homily may be given, if appropriate, as well as time to reflect in silence. To me that says, Hey Father, you don't need to explain. Reading the Passion explains itself. When the people hear their very selves shout out, Crucify Him, they will understand. The whole week, Holy Week, if we let it, can be a vivid experience, a profound human and common experience, like any other. You don't need to be a theologian to understand it. Just be. We rejoice with Jesus coming to Jerusalem. Literally, us now, in our churches, carry real palm branches, making a jubilant noise, and make a parade, following the priest, in the person of Christ, into the church, that is, into Jerusalem. But then our joy turns to trembling, as we, people in 2022 Oklahoma, who were just a bit ago singing Hosanna in the highest, now shout, crucify him, and demand that he be handed over to death, and we are reduced to shame. On Tuesday, the priests and others gather for the chrism mass, at which oils are blessed and consecrated for intimate use in the sacraments of anointing of the sick, baptism, confirmation, and ordination. On Thursday, Jesus gets on the floor to wash the dirty and stubborn feet of his disciples, thus flipping their expectations, then flips them again by reframing the entire Jewish system of worship to become about his gospel based on a meal, but a meal of his own flesh and blood. Food and drink, flesh and blood, washing and service. What could be more common? And easy to understand by simple experience. He is mocked, tortured, scourged, helped, wept for, crucified. He dies and is buried. A whole emotional, trying and poignant journey. It is enough to make a bull ride seem tame. This is the Christian mystery of Holy Week and we do ourselves and anyone else a great disservice by trying to intellectualize it into sterility, by trying to soften or pad it to make it less messy or dramatic. The disservice is that we keep it at arm's length, and so keep it from being real. But that's ridiculous. Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection is more real than than wrestling a steer, doing one of Johnny Knoxville's stunts, or drinking beer by a campfire and telling stories of rock crawling a home-built rig over power-sized boulders. And so, being more real, the Christian message of the forgiveness of sins and the story of Jesus' passion has more power to connect us to ourselves and to each other than those other things ever could. In living, the gospel is where real friendship and camaraderie is found. Everything else just borrows from that. So, out with sugarcoating and oversimplification, Life is messy, but also beautiful. God knows it, and that's okay. We don't have to puritanize things to make them palatable. We don't have to pretend to be saints. We don't have to show up to church and, you know, just act like we have no problems in life. In fact, we shouldn't We shouldn't bring our problems to church in like a dramatic way. We shouldn't, you know, get in the pulpit and tell everyone about our problems. We should come to church, we should come to the Lord real and authentically acknowledging who we are. If you think being Catholic is just just some stuffy old thing that grandmas do, well, it isn't. It's something really intense, actually. And honestly, I dare you to try it. On my drive back to Weatherford, on my drive back to Weatherford, the final chord of, I think, a Modest Mouse or a Ben Queller song reminded me of the first chord of the Garth Brooks song, Good Ride Cowboy, and I spent the next 45 minutes playing, playing all of his best songs. First, it reminded me of the college radio that night that I meant to go to. But secondly, and more importantly, that folksy, if you will, country down-to-earth music set the human, sentimental, and down-to-earth tone that is so essential for a true experience of Holy Week. I'm grateful for that. And I'm trying to give that to, us, to others as well. Holy Week is meant to be experienced. It is something that the Church gives us as the supreme example, but it's not the only one thing. You know, pay, pay attention to the Christmas liturgies, or really any Sunday or even a daily Mass. The Church is constantly giving us these profound mysteries, these profound experiences. You don't need to be a theologian to understand. We just have to be present to it. Just like you'd be present in some other adventure. So, if you think the church is, again, distant or far away or unmeaningful or boring or whatever, think again. It absolutely is not if we would but pay attention. We give our energy to so many other things. Give it to the church. You'll be surprised and amazed at just how human and just how much of a connection there really is. Come, Holy Spirit. And if you like this, please subscribe and share with others on any, any podcast platform. See you all later. God bless.